Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast. You're here to learn more about board games, card games, and role-playing games. And we've got stuff to talk about on those subjects, news, games we've been playing, and a lot more. I'm Jonathan Estes. I'm Will Keeler. And yes, we have plenty of fun things to talk about. Uh, hopefully, you, everyone here has been having a good March so far. The weather has been a little odd where we are. It's been very hot and very cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's almost over March. It's it's almost done. So so it's a far, shame. it's such a good month. <laughs> it's pretty much it's pretty much out. I mean, I, we're just happy that it's daylight saving time and we're we're enjoying the extra sunlight right now. I'm still not used to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, you know, for me, it's time is relative. Anyway, uh, we've got a big show. But before we get into all of that, of course, we got to do the thing where we check in with our famous podcast mascot who we've built in Dungeons and Dragons. His name is Roland F. Criterion, and he is an awesome R bard. And to catch you up on his story so far, he recently developed a, a new partnership with a merchant he met at the side of the road. And uh, so far, things are going well. They have developed this partnership. Uh, Roland provides the crafting expertise and he gathers supplies from dangerous areas while the merchant uh, brings his business acumen to the table. Does anyone ever use the word acumen besides after the word business? I feel like that's the only time it comes up. I don't know. Just just an observation. I'm sure it's going to come up in a Wordle puzzle or something. I'm, I'm, well, that's a tough Wordle puzzle. Um, anyway, one day, as the two of them are busy taking stock of their inventory at their roadside cart, four dragonborn bandits approach on horseback. Three of them are aiming crossbows at our hero. And what appears to be the leader snarls at them and says, we warned you last time, this is our territory and we don't want you selling here. Leave now and never show your face again, or we'll kill you where you stand. Oh, no. This sounds like trouble for our hero, Roland. Fortunately, we're going to get some help to determine how we're going to go about solving this problem. We have two great guests this week joining our party today. Two very experienced game designers who have recently launched the new studio, Rose Gauntlet Entertainment. Their first game, Keystone North America, was successfully funded last year and is in production now. Welcome to the show, Isaac Vega and Lindsay Road. Hello, hello. Thank you for having us. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm glad you're excited. I, I love that. I'm, I'm happy that you're here. Can't wait to talk to you all about board games. But first, we do need your help. Uh, Roland is in a jam here, and I, it, it is up to the two of you to decide as, in any way you want how he should deal with this situation. And then Will is going to roll to see how well it goes to, to kick off our show. <clears throat> As I said, he is an awesome R bard. He's got a handful of, uh, you know, instruments. He's uh, better at charisma than he is at fighting generally, but you can go any direction you want. Uh, he also has the power right now to create small uh, or medium items that will last for a couple of hours. If that's yes. something that interests you, Ooh. he finally went to college. Call it creation. Is that the name of it? <laughs> college of creation. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how uh, D and D savvy either of you are, but you don't have to be at all to decide what Roland's fate will be. <laughs> I put it in your hands. I don't know about you, Isaac, but after knowing Roland for about 15 seconds, I don't think he would run from this fight. <laughs> so no. what are the options for us here? Uh, he can either uh, try to approach with friendship. And uh, try to calm and soothe their souls by creating some small gifts for them, perhaps some board games to get to know them better. Or uh, he can uh, choose aggression and play, <laughs> play 
play some terrible, terrible music that they can't uh, stay around at all. I like <laughs> the idea to. that he tries to get them addicted to board games. <laughs> <laughs> so that they will be too distracted and too poor to ever threaten anyone else again. <laughs> this sounds good. This sounds good. So it's, this, this sounds like, me, you know, as, as Roland tends to do, it tends to be kind of his go-to is a persuasion role to, uh, you know, show them some of his wares and say, look how much fun these are. Don't you don't you want us to hang around and, and play these games with you? Uh, I, can, I can see this. I like this direction. So, Will, you want to roll that d20? I do want to roll. Oh. All right, good. And, I hope so. And I think Roland does pretty well. That's a 16 without his already amazing charisma bonus. Yeah, that nice. is fantastic. That puts him over a 20 uh, against all odds. He, he, he produces, it must be the newest Rose Gauntlet title that really... <laughs> Highly addictive substance. <laughs> That's right. It, it wins them over completely. Uh, they put their crossbows down. They agree to let them sell and go on their way. And Roland has brought harmony to the world, uh, to, to the, at least to the re- local area, but possibly also plundering the wallets of <laughs> nearby citizens in the future. <laughs> I see it as a win-win. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well done. I'm very I'm excited about that. All right. Well, that's enough tomfoolery. Let's talk about actual board game discussion and news next. Uh, it's time to start, as we usually like to do, with the news roundup. <laughs> news roundup. <laughs> okay. That fun little sound clip means that we're talking about the board game news. First story is kind of a follow-up to what we learned last year, which was that the Embracer Group uh, was acquiring Asmo Day. They had purchased them for a price of roughly three billion U.S. dollars. I think it's more like four billion euros, maybe. I don't remember the exchange rate. Uh, but now we know that that deal is officially finalized. It's all gone through. Uh, Asmo Day is owned by this new conglomerate and for anyone who doesn't know Asmodee is a conglomerate in their own right and they of course have many other board game publishers under their umbrella uh embracer also by the way uh, grabbed up and finalized the sale of dark horse the uh, comics publisher so maybe that's another uh another place for them to mine properties from for for future board games perhaps or just just another way for them to make money on the side who knows if we'll see it enter the tabletop or not uh Lindsay and Isaac, I'm curious what your thoughts are uh, about this purchase in particular. Uh, I mean, there's some history amongst you with Asmodee. <laughs> yes, uh, there is. <laughs> what, what you think about this sale in general, whether it be positive or negative or anything else. I'll let you, I'll let you both for this one fight amongst yourselves is who wants to talk first. <laughs> You want to well, go first, Isaac, since uh, you've got the, uh, <laughs> the past of Asmodee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, as an ex-Asmodee employee myself, <laughs> uh, I, I can see this going with every acquisition I've ever been a part of. <laughs> um, it, it usually ends up that there's, you know, pros and cons uh, to this, especially with, the you know, the people that are still employed there at Asmodee that are... are are dealing with it. So um, I wish them the best and I hope that, you know, this new partnership offers them new opportunities and offers new abilities to continue to be creative and to innovate and do some very interesting things because I know that's what everybody there wants to be doing. Um, But at the same time, like uh, 
there's a lot of issues with uh, big companies purchasing other big companies, um, as uh, history has shown us. And, uh, you know, uh, I just hope this one turns out different and it isn't a it isn't a bad move for either party. So I think that's the most uh, 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 kind I can be to the situation. <laughs> <laughs> very, yes, very the impartial, situation. very... <laughs> Very I see well you're said. also uh, rolling a charisma diplomatic check as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> high points. <laughs> uh, Lindsay, you concur with uh, that general consensus? Yeah, I mean, more money can lead to more research, more innovation, more risk, um, but it can also lead to more problems. Or even sometimes, big companies can be risk averse. And I think right now in the board game industry, we want to see these companies taking risks. We want to see new stuff out there. So it'll really just depend on which direction it could go. And I could see it going either way. Um, if they want to win me back over, they need to bring back L5R and Game of Thrones LCG. So just throw them in I need to You can buy my friend. heart easily. He, he collected this. all of those. He loved them so much. Okay. I've been yeah. heartbroken for months now. <laughs> Pour one out. Uh, no, it's, it's funny because last week we had uh, Justin Kempen on the show who is also uh, a former kind of Asmo Day guy who just started uh, Mooncrab Games, and we asked. I'm going to ask you the same question we asked him, which is if, if there ever came a point where Asmo Day or someone else offered to buy up Rose Gauntlet, at this stage, what would your response be? Maybe well, at this, to, yeah. at this stage, I don't know if it'd be a very wise acquisition. Really. <laughs> 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 um, uh, but. Uh, this is something Lindsay and I have pro- uh, discussed, you know, briefly in the past. Uh, it's not that we're ever opposed to being purchased, but I think we necessarily wouldn't be a long-term part of it. Um, I think we'd go more of the uh, Plan B games routes, <laughs> um, uh, and kind of, kind of, eventually do our own thing. We we understand what it's been like to work for other companies, and we've had plenty of wonderful experiences. Uh, there and I've understood what it's been like for Asmo Day. It was great benefits, great pay, um, and you know a lot of good stability there. But I'm in a point in my life where I want to take more risk and I want to be more in control of my time and the decisions and the types of create uh, creative endeavors that I go for. And uh, that isn't necessarily always going to be available. Uh, when you are part of a bigger company that has its own needs for the studios that they acquire. Um, and that's, and that's fine. It can come with, you know, many awesome benefits and depending on a future, if that were to ever happen, we'd have to make the decision based on where we were um, at that time period. You know, uh, right now we're in a situation where like our person, our company doesn't provide us health insurance, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, there might be a situation where that might be something that's very, very important to me and Lindsay um, in order to take care of and might be something that's more beneficial for the employees that we have at that time. Um, so like there, there are definitely pros and cons of being part of a big company, but for us, we've kind of done all that already and uh, we're more excited about uh, the more unknown future to explore um, and kind of being in control of our time. Lindsay, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would add is just that we are having way too much fun right now (laughs) to be like underneath another boss. (laughs) (laughs) We were just like having way too much fun and these crazy ideas. And it's been the most creatively free time I think of, of my career and it would be insanely hard to give that up 
Yes. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. And glad to hear it. Uh, yeah. Well, we already talked about, you know, we've talked at length about Asmo Day and it's being purchased and all that. But do you have any new thoughts about this final acquisition or maybe are, are there is there a Dark Horse comic that you're hoping they <laughs> they bring into the fold somehow? Well, I, I, like, I feel like this is something we've gone over and over again. But the big thing I guess I'd want to focus because it's come up just a lot in this conversation is the word risk. And that's because. As you said, we want to see them take risks, but a risk, how we view one, is much less of one for them, mm-hmm. which is, I think, mm-hmm. something that hurts a lot more. Uh, going to picking on one of my favorites, Fantasy Flight, with their LCGs. Let's take the Dark Horse comic, very easy Hellboy, making uh-huh. a, a standalone Hellboy for the Arkham Horror card game or even a, a cycle. It would sell. No <laughs> question. I don't think they need to, need to try. <laughs> but I cannot think of the last time we've seen something I feel very, and that's that that's not even that big of a leap, but something new from Fancy Flight with things that we know would do well. Like they have the Netrunner world. Uh, no, Android. I always mix those up. Because Netrunner's <laughs> yeah. the, the game mechanic and stuff. And like anything under the Arkham Files sells well. I mean, I'm probably buying it. Uh, it, it just seems like, like, congrats. We just wish you would take those and maybe it's somewhat of a risk because it's not selling as big as the top, whatever the, the top tens are right now. But I think they'd still sell well in which ways which plenty of other game designers would love for their games to sell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Embracer, they know what they're doing. I, hopefully they, they've they've run the numbers. I'm sure they have 18,000 accountants and lawyers that, that know that this is a good purchase and how to manage it and what they're going to do from here on out. Uh, and, uh, you know, just at this point remains to be seen when Embracer decides to sell them off to an even larger company or if a larger company consumes Embracer. Because <laughs> that's just Which kind is of, always possible. Yeah. <laughs> There's always, always a bigger fish. Uh, yeah, um, you, you beat me to it. One thing I will say is that I, I, I project that there will be plenty of new IPs uh, in the future uh, for Asmo Day to uh, play around with. And it's, it's likely that uh, that's going to be the avenue and Lindsay and I were just talking about this uh, last week on our Twitch stream um, where, you know, there's just so many opportunities for board games. Now that, uh, now that board games don't have the uh, stigma of IP (laughs) Um, because when we first entered the industry, like an IP game was just like, something that no one wanted to play. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good um, thing to have. Um, and now, now it's really, it's really the lines have been blurred. People really do enjoy IP games. And now that that has kind of gone away, there's lots of great games made with IPs. The marketing opportunities there are just so huge um, that we really don't have anything equivalent to it in the board game industry when you have an original IP. You just don't like uh, if you release a Marvel game, Marvel is literally advertising Marvel everything every day, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so people just have a brand recognition of those kinds of products and they're just so much easier to sell than normal games that have, you know, a brand new world or something new to present. So when I hope on risk, I actually hope they take risk with new IPs and I mean, creating I would love worlds. that too. Uh, so it was more like yeah. even the small risk, like, like, cause everyone knows the IP. It's like, you didn't even need to try. Our expectations are right. so low. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
just give us an IP that's not one of the giant IPs. Uh, I, for <laughs> one, am looking forward to uh, Keystone Wakanda. I think that's <laughs> maybe a scoop. The intricacies of the we'll see. Wakanda. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah, I bet you that's a really interesting ecosystem in that bubble. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they got those rhinos, or you know, they got all kinds of crazy stuff going on there. Uh, but anyway, this has happened. Asmodee's been acquired, and uh, as usual, I think for the most part, consumers won't notice anything like uh, immediate. That's that's really flashy, but probably my guess is steadily over time things will just get worse for them <laughs> in different ways. But uh, that's not the only thing making things worse for everyone right now. There are plenty of things in the world that are making it hard to be a consumer, producer, manufacturer, all these things, not the least of which is the shipping crisis that's been ongoing for some time now. And we have uh, some more going on on that, as was reported recently in the Wall Street Journal. The Shenzhen ports in China uh, is now uh, experiencing lockdowns mandated by the government as China tries to fight with the Omicron variant specifically of COVID. Uh, this port, uh, from what I read, handles about a quarter of all Chinese exports to the United States. Uh, which is a pretty big number. And uh, there's already been plenty of issues with board games uh, being manufactured and getting to the States because for any listeners who don't know, China tends to be where uh, the vast majority of board games are manufactured. So, of course, it's causing all kinds of problems. Uh, Lindsay, I'll start with you. Has, is this something that you have experienced specifically, uh, these port manufacturing issues? Or do you think it's something that will go away anytime soon? Or is this just the new normal? Um, so I can't speak on whether it's going to go away anytime soon, but it's been two years. So it's not going fast. Yeah. But uh, this is actually our port. So, all right yeah and we discovered this we were in touch from our manufacturer last week to let us know that this was happening um yesterday i had to put out the kickstarter um and specifically they had the factory that was covid positive and had to go into lockdown um and then this just accentuates it but i'm not surprised but just yesterday i had to tell all our backers that we were going to see delays because this has happened and they are the most amazing backers Thank you for being so nice to us. They were so understanding <laughs> and <laughs> so kind to, to that update. But yeah, this is directly affecting us right now. Yeah, that that's crazy. I, I mean, what what is the other than just, you know, obviously apologizing and communicating to backers is important and ex- being transparent, I think, is always the best move. But uh, outside of like PR, what is there anything you can do besides just wait this out? Not really. I mean, this is all government mandated. They're doing what they think they need to do to be safe. Um, You know, they have a very zero tolerance policy over there, uh, which is understandable. And it's it's really outside of anyone's control who's working, you know, with the board games or making board games or incorporated within the board game industry. Um, This is all very high level government level. And we just have to take each thing as it comes. Um, it's certainly been a challenge. I'm sure you've seen it across the board in the industry, um, not just the little guys like us, but it's it's just figuring out and solving one problem at a time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean, and the only really other thing that we can focus on is trying to future proof things uh, as much as possible and giving the expectations to our customers in the future that, 
hey, this is just a possible new reality in our world. Games take longer to make and uh, will require more time to make them. So uh, hopefully, I think we did a good job of that with the Keystone Kickstarter. We had planned Mm -hmm. for these types of delays uh, Mm -hmm. and this type of possibility, which is why we didn't have our fulfillment date until July, which was over a year from when the Kickstarter took place. Um, So... We knew that this could possibly be the case. Of course, we had hoped that it wouldn't be this long. <laughs> and it wouldn't mm-hmm. continue to be going on this long. Um, and we're hopeful that things will improve in the future. But until then, the only thing we can do is try to have a better understanding of what the new timelines look like. Yeah, it is. It's one of those things, I think, just like a lot of other aspects of the pandemic, where at first it was like, ah, this will like blow over in a month, right? And it just it just never does. And or it sort of maybe sort of seems to go away, but or people want to pretend it's going away, but then it gets mm-hmm. worse after that. Uh, will, what do you think? Any any future predictions? Is this going to will we ever see this clear up again? Or is it just going to be expect to wait a lot longer for games from now on? I think it what you said earlier it might be more like a roller coaster yeah like it, it just because i i mean unless we were able to equivalently er- eradicate um covid which i i don't think is pop- is going to happen i think it just evolves just fast enough to be, it's going to be like cold flu something we have to deal with at least for a very long while so there's going to be times when like all right a city's closed down because there's a big outbreak i don't think it might not be as deadly but i do think just I, I just everything seems so knotted up now. I don't know how long it'd take to get supply chains back in order, and that's without another closing just adding to it. Yeah, yeah, it's. I, I think that's probably right. It's we'll have pockets of it being a little better, and then pockets of it being a little worse. Uh, it's it's rough, and I'm sure it must be especially frustrating um, for you guys, Isaac and Lindsay, that you know you're just getting started with all this new stuff you're excited for people to play and it's going to be tricky but i you do have um you are also working on some digital stuff some video game stuff so maybe that's a little a little better maybe you can or have some of that showing off for people when when the board games can't make it overseas well it's difficult as a young company to not have the product that you're hoping to sell on the market <laughs> um, yeah, right. and uh to be able to utilize you know those funds in order to then support the newer products that we want to go ahead and put out as well um so it does it does kind of delay some internal uh decisions um and as far as like on their digital front that that product specifically requires a significant investment <laughs> in order to make happen. So the, we have uh, many, many things in line to make that work. But with our expertise being in the board game industry, we want to make sure that once we step into the video game industry, we're also going to be doing so in a way that's going to make a big splash. So we're taking our time there and making sure we have all of our ducks in a row before we make announcements on all of that. So it can't quite be the avenue we shift to right away <laughs> until uh, we make sure that we have more funds and more products uh, on the market. And also just having products on the market lets people start knowing who we are, helps our, our, our customers become you know bigger fans of what we're trying to do and help support our projects in the future as well. Um, so hopefully all this gets cleared up uh as quickly as possible <laughs> yeah and i do think it will get cleared up i do truly believe i thought maybe it would take two years 
Maybe it'll take five, but the entire world is working on solving this problem and nobody wants this. So I, I really do think this will get cleared up one way or another or substitutes will be designed or other systems will be put in place. But it's this is not going to be a forever thing. I truly believe that. It's just so much longer than I thought it would take to clear this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think and hope you are right. <laughs> you know, it's going to be the fact that we have to wait more than two days for our shipments that we're going to finally get the uh, creator, <laughs> the Star Trek, you know, the replicator. Machine. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's ridiculous. That's... I'm upset on your behalf. it's really it's too much uh will and i are big champions of uh when it comes to kickstarters at least just waiting uh you know know, (laughs) some people get like real mad and and we're like whatever i don't even look at an estimated date anymore i'm like it'll get here i'll I'll just wait because there's enough other stuff to play so that's i think that's the attitude right now that people should be taking if you're specifically with kickstarter because that's you know even harder usually but everything has this right now across the board uh, all right, let's uh, move on. Uh, we'll still kind of talk about probably some world events, but now we, we've got a new segment this week that I'm calling TCG Corner because I I wrapped together a few different stories involving TCGs that just happened to, to come together. Uh, first off, there has been a, speaking of delays, a delay of the new Magic the Gathering set, Streets of New Capenna, which I hope I'm saying that right. We'll I believe it. that is the correct way to say it. All yeah. right. All right. Great. Uh, so that product uh, may not be uh, quite available everywhere in North America, as was anticipated for an April 29th release. Uh, then in terms of the other, we've got one for each of the big three CCGs this week. Yu-Gi-Oh! has announced they are doing their first in-person championship tournament event uh, in April since uh, February of 2020 was the last one. So this is the first time they've had an in-person event since then. So they're they're trying to get back to normal. And we also learned that the Pokemon trading card game a championship is going to be held in August this year in London. So if you are a Pokemon player, that is where you're going to have to go if you want to compete with the best of the best, etc. Will, I'll throw it to you as usual as the as the CCG guy. Uh, maybe you could shed some more light on this this magic delay or f- any thoughts on these tournaments. Uh, I mean, I'm I hope as long as he follows safety measures, I'm happy for both Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh game tournaments because personally, I just I prefer playing these card games very much over physical. I know some people have enjoyed the camera in particular. I think almost all the tournaments for Digimon have been camera. So like I just don't at like your that. computer with a webcam style. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's not even like from a cheating perspective, just what I enjoy. Magic has, oh, they've, they, there's been a lot of bad news on their front. You know, this is strictly though for the commander decks that are being delayed. Uh, new Capenna is, is, has, is a, a mafia based theme with five different families. So there are five different decks based on different uh, color pairings or, triple color pairings and that just means if you are a fan of magic odds are there are going to be some good cards here if you can't get it wait they said we are they are coming they just won't be as plentiful in the beginning so don't spend twice the price for these decks <laughs> or the singles hold 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 you will get them yeah. uh unfortunately this only stacks with the the joke set not being released on april 1st as well right. as um the other things happening with the I hate your deck, which is just allegations and bad stuff all around. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah some uh, some some tough times it seems uh, for Wizards and Magic. Uh, Isaac or Lindsay, either of you CCG people? Is any of this your thing? If you are, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was it, I was pretty into Commander right before COVID, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I kind of felt the same way. Where I I can't really do the online uh, stuff very often. I mean, it's hard enough for me with board games. Yeah, the difference um, is I have a Commander pod with me near me. So oh, okay. That one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and a lot. Well, and it also like some of my friends moved to right right at that point to who I often played commander with. So it kind of all fell out of, uh, uh, out of, out of my realm of scope. I wasn't really paying that much attention to it anymore, but these, these new decks sound cool. <laughs> yeah. I was looking up like the new, the new art for those full, uh, full land art. Oh, Ooh, I love the is, art deco. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, they, I, we don't know the card yet, but there is an art. I think it's called like speed angel or something. It's the Rolls Royce. It's literally a, like a demon behind a car with an angel on the hood. Oh, this is so cool. I'm so excited to see. Um, this has nothing to do with what you guys are talking about, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I am so pumped to see Magic the Gathering going in new directions. It is awesome. I, yeah, I, I think Magic's biggest problem. I mean, there's a lot of things, but like I'm so tired of them revisiting a lot of the planes before. Mm-hmm. And especially since I'm one of the few people who's not a fan of Ravnica. So seeing this whole new plane based on like gangsters 1920 i am I'm, I'm totally down for it i can't wait for them to actually try out other weird planes based on other properties i don't know like westerns or something that we haven't seen yet yeah it's so cool if you're not a fan of ravnica the last 10 years must have been pretty tough for you yeah no it's their favorite <laughs> plane so uh it didn't help also the story for the war of the spark was probably one of the worst stories in a while in general poor very poorly uh, executed Mm, yeah yeah that's why i've been sitting out (laughs) yes that's the sole reason (laughs) i'd be all over it if it wasn't for that that one reason uh well yeah you know it's it doesn't seem as far as delays go uh, it's not the worst thing it seems there's still magic stuff to find uh so you can look for those when they're available and if you are a Yu-Gi-Oh or pokemon player maybe get ready and practice up Get your decks prepared for these uh, tournaments coming up. Uh, and finally, we have a few uh, new game announcements that we can discuss, see what we're kind of more excited about. Uh, first, Darrington Press uh, showed some first looks at two new games. Uh, this is the company from uh, Matt Mercer and the team uh, making games for Critical Role Uh inspired or taking place in the world of the critical role uh, role playing series they have talked about one game guardians of matrimonia and the other one is called syndicult and there's not too much info about them right now just a little bit of artwork they're they're both going to involve maybe alchemy and magic in different ways but there's just some teases that they're coming up with those new games uh we also learned from pen dragon they are working on a game based on escape from new york the john carpenter film they previously did a the thing game not the thing infection at outpost 31 this one was just called the thing maybe the thing the board game i think it was a kickstarted uh project uh so i don't know there's like two or three different thing games out there try not to get it confused and whiz kids has also announced speaking of new licensed games and marvel uh one called marvel remix uh, which is uh, said to be, it looks like everyone has commented, it looks like uh, Fantasy Realms uh, or 
uh, Red Rising, which was also kind of inspired by Fantasy Realms, a card game in which you have all kinds of different Marvel characters that you're trying to collect in your hands for different effects. Uh, so, uh, Lindsay or Isaac, which of these games, if any, are, are you most excited about that you think you might want to discuss? Have you, are you fans of Escape from New York? Have you played any of the uh, Darrington Press stuff released so far? What do you think? Well, so, me personally, oh, I'm ahead, a Lindsay. huge fan of Escape from New York. All right. So I am intrigued and scared at the same time <laughs> <laughs> what this game might be. <laughs> Yeah, well, as as you said, uh, we said before, you know, IP games are good now a lot of the times. So this maybe, you know, what would your ideal escape from New York game be? Well, it would be heavy, Kurt Russell, right yeah. off the bat. It'd be heavy, <laughs> just lean every in, card Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. <laughs> every card is Kurt Russell. <laughs> um, but I think just capturing that zany kind of over the top action comedy is something that I haven't seen because I've done a lot of the um, Big Trouble in Little China games, which I feel tries to have like the same style, the same kind of humor to it. And they never quite capture how ridiculous that world is or how silly these things are happening around you. Um, So seeing a game really lean in and kind of know what it is and make fun of itself would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that would be great. It looks like uh, this is also uh, from designer Kevin Wilson, who's done plenty of uh, big titles uh, mm-hmm. This descent. He's worked on arc a lot of fantasy flight yeah. stuff. So, like the uh, game. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I could see it maybe being something, uh, perhaps along those lines to some extent. Um, uh, Isaac, what about you? Also, a Escape from New York fan. <laughs> I've never seen the movie. Honestly, <gasps> how uh, dare I you, Isaac? I know. I you know come over to my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll be on that twenty-four hour drive. <laughs> um, but it's funny because when I released City of Remnants, my first game. Uh, people told me that it reminded them of Escape from New York, and I don't know why. <laughs> like I, I looked it up online, and I was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but okay, I've heard, I love it whenever someone creates something like th- like that, and I hear it, then someone's like, Oh, you you must have been inspired things, and they're like, What's that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, everything's been done before. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Nothing new under the sun. Um, how um, about you? Yeah. Any? any what? What else? What the else? Marvel. Uh, Remix sounds interesting. I'm interested to see how it'll play. Um, I like, I always like the idea of just smashing up a whole bunch of things together. However, Marvel's done that so many times. I don't know if I'm that interested in it, Um, but it'd be interesting if the remix thing becomes like a series and it's a good game where other IPs kind of come and play around in it too. Right. Yeah. It seems like it's, it's almost built for that. Right blank remix you could just throw in there for whatever it is mm-hmm. uh will excited excited for these which one well which one uh i think the escape from new york is secretly just going to be a reskin of the metal gear, metal gear game that sort of just disappeared <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> oh there you go emerson I'm gonna go Aww. back get that money. uh the remix one i'm curious i was uh, of course because we'll have to see how it plays but i do think what i hope it does is most of the big mashup games I can think of with Marvel characters are on the longer side or at least medium when this one might be a little could be a little bit lighter. Yeah, it's yeah. only uh, 20 bucks and it says plays in 20 minutes. So, you know, compared to something like Legendary or I'm, Marvel Champions, I'm, Champions or even the the Simon game, which I'm blanking United. on right now. United, thank you. You know, the, the, I feel like those are more like main course meal games. 
if you want to if you want to have your entire cast not just focus on spider-man or something yeah 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 it definitely seems like it could fill that gap a little bit uh, of course there's marvel smash up i guess that kind of also is in that range but yeah i'd still say that's a little bit more just because it's combining with a lot of things you have to count up like based on math like there isn't much to smash up but it's not 20 minutes Right, right. Yeah, um, I, I'm definitely curious about the Escape from New York uh, to see how that turns out. Marvel Remix could be fun, could be a light fun time, but I think, like other people, I, I have my fix of Marvel games. I don't know that I need yet another one. That, uh, that is probably the biggest problem with a lot of the bigger IPs now. It's not that they have bad, they're all bad games. It's not like... Well, I yeah. have a good alien game. What yeah. are you doing to make it stand out? I have three Dune games. Do I need a fourth <laughs> Dune game? <laughs> and the answer is probably yes. Uh, and again, it's very early for these Darrington Press games, but I do love the concept of Guardians of Matrimonia, which is a magical wedding planning game. So if, if nothing else, uh, it's original. Those nice. are probably, yeah, those are probably a ways off, but uh, Marvel Remix is coming out in July and Escape from New York is going to be uh, crowdfunded. So I really hope if the matrimony one goes well, they do an expansion, like a, an a extreme difficulty one just called Bri uh, Bridezilla's. Or <laughs> there you go. Not, not Tamar Gorf. What are, what are the horrific monsters in D&D? Uh, there's a uh, lot of those in D&D. So, <laughs> I'm thinking there's a big stroke. <laughs> sorry, there's a big dinosaur. It starts with a T that I know is usually considered like the nuke that if the DM is just annoyed with Tiamat. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the, but sure. You know, it's all about Tiamat's wedding. There we go. Yeah, I mean, Tiamat probably would be like a bridezilla. I'm just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right. That's the news we got this week. Some interesting big topics. But now we're going to look towards the future. Uh, what's going on in crowdfunding and Kickstarter, Pickstarter. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's one. nice. It's I'll, nice. Yeah. This one. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Let's start with Isaac. Is there a Kickstarter project that you are currently backing yourself, or maybe just one that you are excited about coming out in the near future? In a, besides your own, uh, it could be something new from this week, or maybe something from uh, the recent past that you've been looking at. Oh, well, we just backed uh, Title Blades this morning. <laughs> yeah, we're a little forward than we were so. earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, talk to me about the new Title Blades. Tell me. Well, it's it's number one. I was a fan of the first uh, game, picked it up, um, really enjoyed the thing that really grasped me about Title Blades. And I just I just loved the world that they put together. I thought it was so beautiful and they did such an interesting job and they created such a unique uh, IP within itself. Um, and the fact that they were expanding it and talked about expanding it was such a good idea, I thought. And uh, the Mr. Cuttington uh, crew of artists are just breathtakingly amazing with what they've done with that game. Um, and I know they've worked on other games in the past and also done an amazing uh, job. Um, so with this game, they're creating a like dungeon crawling RPG and also creating uh, their own uh, uh, RPG standalone book that works off of the cipher system. Am I correct, Lindsay? Yeah, it's going to be a supplement for the cipher system, which is really interesting. Apparently, the RPG book is like 400 pages long. So it is a hefty, hefty boy, which is really, really interesting because I just love the world and I want to dive into it. Uh, so that's the thing that really attracts me uh, to that game, um, as well as like I'm really the, the books that they created are beautiful. We're, we're a little jealous here at Rose Gauntlet Studios um, because <laughs> I... I, I 
everybody's everybody's going to these like uh dual uh even triple books um for uh, uh rpgs and it's something that we were going to be doing with life after dungeon so a lot of people are beating us to the table there and i'm really upset but <laughs> but but it's totally fine and uh it's cool to see more things in this realm and obviously to see so much support right out the gate um also hopefully bodes well for our new projects in the future too um so we're really excited about it. I can't wait to get it to our table. I'm sure it'll be a while. There's a lot of stuff going on in that game, so I'm sure production will be a lot. <laughs> um, but it's beautifully done, and the miniatures look stellar as well. So super excited about it. Yeah, it's it's a gorgeous looking game. Uh, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, you played the first one, right? I have played it multiple times. I I mean, just for all the reasons you said, I love it too. It's I love the idea of building up this world it's different parts but the parts aren't just like it's the game you saw before but we added like a few mechanics they feel very different and of course as someone who tends to get attached to characters and games that i can go back and play as uh echoes my favorite i'm very excited to do so and i'm a big fan of the book thing don't worry as soon as i see your guys books and exploring the world that way i am i'm in <laughs> so much nicer than trying to find tiles. Hear that, yeah. Isaac? We got one down. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you get started. Uh, yeah, Title Blades too. It looks gorgeous. That's eighty nine dollars for the the main core game. Uh, there's also different tiers if you just want to get the RPG, or you know, of course, there's going to be upgrades and extra stuff as well. Uh, Lindsay, is there any other project uh, you're looking at this week, or is Title Blades your your main focus right now? Well, Title Blades is definitely like, I mean, this is just a crazy week for Kickstarter. This is it is just it is. a crazy, crazy week for Kickstarter. But if I can be one of the cool kids and maybe pick out one that's a little bit more unknown. Please do. Yeah. Um, there is an RPG called Over Isles, which mm. was developed with the help of deaf D&D players. And it will teach you how to do American Sign Language while you play the RPG. And it yeah. sounds really cool. I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, yeah, we, we this caught my eye uh, uh, recently, and I love these indie RPGs that come out with very unique, different concepts. Uh, is is that something? Are, are you? Do you tend to gravitate towards those smaller, more unique RPGs? Do you do you dabble in the big dogs like D and D and Pathfinder, or is this more your your speed? So my group, the one that I have reliably, we're doing Curse of Strahd right now. So I'm definitely in a regular group with like standard D&D 5e. But my passion is really the indie stuff. They have cooler mechanics. I love one shots. I love one shots. Um, and I like to see like these really unique ideas, these really unique worlds. I like to jump in and jump right out. So anything like this is just super, super up my alley. And I'll definitely be getting it. Yeah, one shots are the best because you're yeah. done after. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. And I believe Over Isles is a, a new book. There was a first book too. And I think the new one just has a new style and new more techniques and stuff. But yeah, the concept of sign, learning sign language while you're playing is just so cool. <laughs> yeah, I really dig it. And it has very much like that Zelda, let's all get on birds and fly around kind of feel. And oh, yeah. I just I think it's going to be a really cool world to at least mess around with with one shot or or have some fun around. Yeah, so that is over aisles. All right, Will, uh, I, I I think you're probably relieved right now because you've got I, I, you've got one to talk about that nobody else uh, took from you. I, I, I'm really torn because I was actually hoping more would be taken. Like you said, this is a good week, but I also love pointing out that because that one is great. It's so cool that like. So, 
there's something about the indie RPGs. I almost feel like it's just, they're always perfect on here, but unfortunately I've, I'm going to have to go with this one because I feel like this is the pick I should say for me, but there's one I want to say that I don't think you're going to say, but I got to go with Jurassic world. I mean, Jurassic park, one of my favorite games of all time, this a legacy game in the world of, of the Jurassic world and park movies. We, we got to see it at PAX unplugged. It's the idea is everything I would want, <laughs> you know, dinosaurs, <laughs> cooperative legacy, which I tend to like more because uh, you don't have to worry too much about someone snowballing ahead or catch up mechanics. Cute little minis. Oh, he's cute to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cute little Stegosaurus. Yeah, we 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 got to see this and get a pretty fairly thorough overview, at least of the beginning. Of course, there's a lot of secrets because it's a legacy game, but it it looks like you know. I think we said for both of us, this is one of our most anticipated for the year assuming it comes out this year. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it looks great. We've enjoyed the Prospero Hall and Funko ga licensed games as of late. And it's just, it, yeah, it does look like if you're a Jurassic Park fan, I mean, it's it's got everything. It's it's like the dream game. You're, you're designing your park. You're fending off dinosaurs. You're going through the experiences of all the movies, including the new one, I think. Or may, I'm not sure if they... I don't uh, remember if they confirmed that or not, but they did say it actually does cross over with the Cre I think it's called Cretaceous Park Netflix show. Oh yeah. I think the new one maybe they they might not have had access in time to design stuff for it. Uh but you know, so hopefully they didn't like at least <laughs> contradict anything that happens in that movie, which I'm also hoping is good and looking forward to seeing. Uh but yeah, I mean this this one looks this one looks pretty great to me. I, Isaac and Lindsay are these is this uh excited about Jurassic World? Jurassic Park fans, I assume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you do assume correctly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What about you, Isaac? I've been like, oh, should I? Shouldn't I? Should I? Shouldn't I? Should I? Shouldn't I? And it's only been like a few hours. <laughs> so I'm I'm a huge fan of the original mo movie, like Jurassic Park uh, is like one of my top 10 movies of all time. I, I really, really love it. However, I have not been a huge fan of some of the newer stuff to be mm. completely honest. Um, so it's interesting to me that it's going to be covering a lot of, uh, all of the movies, including some of the, uh, uh, spinoff stuff. I'm interested to see how a board game does that, uh, in legacy style, especially like, if you're gonna, are you gonna be building on one island? Are you gonna be because like they invade the entire world in those movies? Right. So, like, what's gonna be right. going hey. on there? Um, so that is interesting. Um, and how do you keep people coming to your park uh, throughout the events <laughs> of those movies? Uh, um, so it, it's certainly an interesting undertaking. I wouldn't mind. Uh, snagging a copy just to kind of see what they end up doing there because it's such an interesting concept. Well, obviously, here's a trick. I'll buy it, and then you just come to my table and play my copy with me. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous that both of you got to try it at PAX Unplugged because we were there, and we just we didn't have a chance to get in there. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the coolest booths at that entire show. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> no, no contest. Yeah, they were really they killed it with that booth. Yeah, I'm hoping it's like, you know, speaking to uh, having maybe not enjoyed as much of the newer Jurassic World movies, particularly Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> Will and I were both pretty, <laughs> pretty displeased with. Uh, but, you know, there's like 
I, I don't like the really the Star Wars prequels, but when I play a Lego Star Wars game, I'm having a great time. <laughs> so I think that True. they can, you know, <laughs> you can take those set pieces and those sequences and make them fun to experience if they aren't that fun to watch. So I think that's once again going back to we we're talking about copyright. Actually, there's, there's something a Lego about Jurassic when, Park too, isn't there? Go ahead. <laughs> we're at the steering wheel. I think that yeah. it makes things a little bit better and maybe because i mean we are becoming bigger but those movies they do have to make them more uh, like generic or mass market sometimes and right, they right. just brush over i mean the one thing i love about the last movie which is i think it's because they didn't think about it and i always is that creating the dinosaurs for the movie is more expensive than how they sold yeah <laughs> it was a million dollars for us an actual stegosaurus <laughs> it was just absurd that that was the point yeah. where i was like should i just should we leave should i walk out of this movie this ridiculous. oh god and, uh, i i would love to see i want someone to edit that scene but with them bidding on jurassic park board games <laughs> there you go asmo day currently is valued at uh, three tyrannosaurus rexes <laughs> Uh, all right. So that, yeah, that's 120 bucks. Uh, that's just the nice thing about this Kickstarter is there's one pledge level. You, you get it all. You don't have to think about it. It is a big price, but it's a big game. So there's I guess, that. I, I guess that one guy will finally get to be able to fulfill his Raptor army dream though in the board game form. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably going to happen. <laughs> I, I hope he's happy with it. I hope he's pleased. Uh, I will, for my pick this week, go back to a, a, another more perhaps obscure indie RPG that I found that I thought looked pretty cool called Between Clouds. And just like uh, Over Isles, this one also involves flying creatures flying through the sky uh, this one takes place in a world in which uh, basically there are giant um, animal-like creatures but they're they fly and float around so some of them are kind of dog-like or horse-like could be anything but there's but in scope they're sort of like appa from uh, avatar and they're also kind of um they're not beloved they're sort of maligned by the the general populace who sees them as threatening and dangerous and you play as these special people who have bonds with these creatures and i think you are you're like a group of three or four however many players you have uh specifically bonded with one of these creatures who you actually travel on their back to get around places and uh you're also visiting mountaintops and floating islands because the underworld the surface of the world is uh, no longer habitable so there's a, a lot of really interesting world building stuff i think in this one your, your characters also kind of have like mutated special powers and things like that uh it uses the uh year zero system from uh the free league games like mutant year zero and i think oh, pretty much really? all their games yes which oh, is that's uh, an interesting choice a system that we've um uh had some success with yeah what, what what's your thoughts on the on the year zero system have you have you enjoyed it that would be other than the dnd 5e uh mutant year zero is probably the second most popular system in my game group we yeah. go nuts over it well there especially you go. the animal ones everyone loves the animal ones. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you will have an in with this game they'll they'll be ready to play it yeah it's always nice when you're like familiar with it and, and mm -hmm. it's fairly yeah. streamlined I just want to point out because this immediately hooked me as I scrolled down because you described, you know, Appa-like creatures, not well-liked. I want to point out that the technology of this world is run on the hearts of these creatures. 
Oh my! Like there's a picture <laughs> of a shipping boat with a heart installed. And I'm like, what in the world? Like that image alone is just like, all right, something's happening here. Yeah, people like hunt I, them and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. It's it's crazy. It's really it's really unique. It's really cool. Uh, so I'm into it. That game is called Between Clouds, uh, and uh, 27 bucks will get you a physical soft cover version of it. They describe it in the in the tagline as a colorful queer biopunk RPG. So I don't know what more do you want. Uh, and I feel like the other big one that we have to talk about this week is the new set of expansions for Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. Uh, three new expansions, Discovery, Foundations, and Crisis for the Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition card game. Discovery adds uh, awards and milestones, which was kind of one of the big features that wasn't present that was in the original board game. Crisis is a full-on co-op mode uh, for you to play with, with your friends and not have to fight against each other. And then there's the Foundations expansion, which adds some extra cards and also increases the game up to six players for a, a player count. Uh, Will, you're the one on this show who was more of a fan of Ares Expedition. So. This is why I said I wish more people took some of these. Yeah, so <laughs> I assume you're excited about this, though. Yeah, I, I think this sounds really good. In particular, I really like the awards one, the expedition. It also cha changes up some of the cards you can play, which I like, as well as the crisis. Uh, that's mostly just because, I mean, it's always good to add new players, but there's also, I've just become a bit more wary. I still like getting them in case we have game nights that, you know, you have five players and five people want to play. But sometimes it's like, is this adding too many people? Yeah. Like it wasn't built for that initially. But the fact that, you know, just has, they have a whole bunch here for you to take a look and add for whatever your game group would like, I think is great. So, yeah. And admittedly, I am, uh, I was not a huge fan of Ares Expedition, but uh, I will say I like the idea of the crisis and the foundations. Those sound like, you know, basic good things to probably add to the game. Uh, the discovery game uh, module that adds in the awards and milestones and stuff, which was basically you're competing to hit certain landmarks or certain milestones, I should say um racing to do that that is the part that i go that because that other than the fact that in this version of the game you know you're playing the cards that choose your actions for the turn i feel like the big differentiator between this and the board game was that the board game had those milestones and stuff and this didn't and I, at a certain point i start to go well are you just playing? They're just turning this into the board game now. Like, why not just play Terraforming Mars if you just are adding stuff in that was already John, in it? Jonathan, absolutely fair enough. But I got to say, it's actually the awards are like the least thing I'm interested in that one. <laughs> it's actually like they have new cards where you can choose the tags. They change the cards you have in your hand and like all that stuff. I'm like, OK, that okay. adds some fun little new twists. It's almost like, oh, yeah, there are awards, too. OK, I'll, I'll keep track of those. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, there is. Yeah, maybe I'm underselling it. There is more stuff. No, no, it, it makes perfect sense because I do think that can happen with some of these. Uh, would you call them spinoff versions? Like when yeah. they make a, a nut, like the card version of the game. Yeah. And they just add everything that's in the previous. Right. So it's for people who just hate boards. I refuse to see a board <laughs> on my table. Cards only. Uh, Lindsay or Isaac, were you guys, did you get a chance to play Ares Expedition? I'm curious if you, what your thoughts were versus the original game. So we haven't had a chance to play Terraforming Mars, which is on our list for April to actually play on our okay. Twitch stream. Because Ooh. it's one of those ones that we have been like, 
oh my gosh, we haven't played this and everybody loves it so much. It's so high on the BGG rating. And uh, it's one that we've been wanting to play for a while. I've just never gotten the chance. So I think we're going to be holding (laughs) (laughs) until we have a chance to try that one first. Uh, But we've heard a lot of good things. People are really excited about this one. All right. Yeah, yeah. We like it a lot for sure. Uh, so this this specific Kickstarter campaign has all three of these expansions for forty nine dollars, which is pretty good. I think if you're a fan of the card game, it does seem like kind of a no brainer uh, to add those onto it. Were there any other Kickstarter projects that anyone wanted to mention? Those were all the we hit all the ones that I I caught this week. Uh, yeah, sounds sounds like we did. Sounds like we hit them all. All right. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, our wallets are hurting enough, Jonathan. Please. <laughs> I know. It's such tough. a painful does, week for does, us. Does anybody want to give Brandon Sanderson more money? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's hurting. He, he needs it. Uh, all right. Let's then move on to games we've been playing in Table Talk. I don't know if I can. Table Talk. Table talk. Okay. Uh, Lindsay, are there any games you've been playing in the last few weeks that you'd like to talk about? Maybe, maybe both of you could talk about if there's anything you've been play testing, uh, for instance, but could be games that you haven't designed also that you think would be worth discussing. Yeah. I mean, it's March, so the weather is crazy. So I've gotten a lot of games to the table. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 pick pick a couple, pick five. I don't care. Talk as much as you want. Which which ones have been the most uh, exciting for you to play recently? Let's see, Isaac. Which one should we talk about first? Should we talk about ours, or should we talk about Clank Legacy? Just go 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 in where your heart t- tells you to. <laughs> All right, I'm talking about ours because I like it the most. Um, so we have uh, developed a new game, uh, codenamed Acorns, on our calendar. If you ever go to our website and see it. Um, and it is really fun. It's really, really fun. I know that's like kind of tooting my own horn. Isaac designed it. I'm really tooting Isaac's horn, but it is <laughs> so good. And I am so excited to be able to share more about it. Um, but it will be, I believe, Isaac, our next Kickstarter, correct? Yes, uh, we're planning on launching it as soon as we're done with fulfilling uh, Keystone and probably that will probably be around August, uh, September at the latest on when we decide to do that game. Uh, what this game is about is just to share a little bit more uh, so people can uh, get a little bit understanding. We kind of did a little teaser on our newsletter a little while ago showing some art off. Um, uh, players will be, uh, taking the role of foragers and, uh, they'll be foraging for different ingredients, um, in order to create some interesting recipes. And it has some really fun, uh, mechanics in order for you to go ahead and get those recipes and create them. And I really love how everything's been coming together in the game and we're going to be going to mass playtesting soon. So if people are interested in trying it out, uh, and getting an early, a look at it, they're welcome to go ahead and try um, to join our mass play and just play attention to our social medias and we'll be announcing that probably in the next month or so. That's awesome. I assume that would be over uh, Tabletop Simulator or something like that. Yeah, we're trying to transition everything to Tabletopia because it's a little bit mm. easier for people to get access to since Tabletop Simulator costs um, some mm. money. So it should be through that if people are interested. How has that uh, process been for you guys playtesting digitally has that been uh in in some ways easier or more difficult than doing it in person honestly it's been a little bit easier (laughs) 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 to be completely truthful Lindsay, uh feel free to add your thoughts 
I was going to say, at first it was more difficult because Isaac and I didn't really have a lot of experience. At the start of the pandemic, we didn't really do Zoom or a lot of like video calls or obviously right. like, all the stuff that was now second nature to us. Um, and then getting used to Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia at that time was a little rough. But once we made the switch over and everyone got comfortable with the system, it is the best thing ever. You can <laughs> update so fast. You can put art in. No one has to print anything. I don't see us ever going back, no matter what happens in the future. Do you, Isaac? I I don't. Um, I think we'll always try to still provide files for those of, that would like to playtest in the physical version, um, as long as it's a convenient game. We probably won't with Life After Dungeon, because <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Um, and to have someone print all that out, I think, would be ridiculous. Um, but I... Uh, it's just so convenient for updates and it also guarantees that all players are playing the correct updates, which was often a problem <laughs> with physical copies of the game, uh, ensuring that everybody that was playtesting was paying attention to the forums and making sure that they were updating their copies correctly. Uh, and when you're doing mm-hmm. playtesting, things can change uh, quite often. So in order to be able to do that and ensure that people are all looking at the same thing is great. Yeah, I am someone who generally after the pandemic, I've I've sort of reached a point where I'm just sick of playing things digitally and I'm like, put it on the <laughs> table, please. I want to touch a card. Totally um, get it. <laughs> but I can but I can also see it makes perfect sense, like not having to when you're like, oh, you know what? Actually, uh the all these cards should be twice as expensive. And, and, and you know, now you can do that with like a click versus having to go in redesign everything, print it all out, make sure everyone who's playtesting has a copy of those cards or whatever it is and seeing, does that even work? Maybe it doesn't work. Like mm-hmm. I can imagine that process must've been, yeah, much longer. So it must be a real, a boon, so to speak. <laughs> one thing, one thing I think um, we will hopefully continue to implement is that maybe having a rounds near the end of playtesting to kind of just understand people's, uh, understanding and reaction to the game and the physical experience because we are still very much a physical experience you know world (laughs) as far as like when it comes to the board game industry you want to have an understanding of how a game's going to feel uh when it's right in front of you instead of on a computer screen so i think some games uh require that and i mean we certainly would never play test a dexterity game online (laughs) (laughs) so uh there there are certain games that you know we may have to you know change that policy on and uh we always we at least for keystone made sure to play test uh ourselves with our own personal groups physically as well to have an understanding of how that would feel too you know so it's still part of the process but it certainly gets a lot of that early uh early stuff done easier <laughs> when yeah. it's digital yeah yeah that makes perfect sense and yeah I, I do it seems like yeah it's definitely important to have both because the feel of it can just be so different yes uh, when you you know it's can really like the amount of time things take to do <laughs> i know in tabletop simulator sometimes things will take you know, flipping a card from a deck can be an arduous process. Right. <laughs> in real life, it's not as tough. Uh, so that's Acorn, you said, uh, launching in August. Now, is that because uh, you don't have a title yet or you're not ready to reveal it yet? A little bit of both. We're, we've been using an internal title that we're quite happy with, but I want to push a little bit further and Got see it. if we can find something quite better because it's just not bringing 
the right way. And usually when I name um, my games, I kind of, it always just feels perfect. Right. right. Uh, And so, so I, I, I'm still seeking that. So that's why we we're going into projects. Plus it's easier if we have to kind of change things on uh, later um, to kind of have those. I had a little bit of that issue in my uh, dead of winter days uh, originally uh, dead of winter dead of winter was always dead of winter but we had like a different tag uh, like a different subclass like it, it was a crossroads game that is what how it ended up but it originally was a, a survivor chronicles game which uh mm. we we're so glad we went with the other direction <laughs> yeah, a little less wordy uh yes and there was also another series called the survival chronicles that we didn't know about um mm. until like a few months in so uh, it's kind of useful to use code names up until you're kind of pretty sure you're going to be moving forward with one. Got it. So obviously, as someone who has not seen it all, does not know anything, I have to suggest Schmorples. <laughs> <that's laughs> <it>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's catchy. Uh, all right, how about uh, Clank Legacy? T- tell me about that. Yeah, so Isaac and I have just finished uh, both playing Clank Legacy, and it's been it is a big legacy game. Um, and then it's really interesting because Isaac came from it, came to it really loving Clank. And then I came to it with my group never playing Clank. And it was just so cool to see how the two different groups reacted. And just my group, which not only had not played Clank, but it was their first deck building game. And the wow. chaos to, yeah. that ensued. <laughs> it was so interesting. Um, but it was really cool. I mean, it's if you're a fan of the legacy stuff, like the stickers and the cards and the destruction um, and everything like that. And then at the end of it, to still get to have a game that you can play anytime. Um, it was very cool. And especially the new mechanics. I was a big fan of the new mechanics, um, which I think Isaac, you said you were as well, right? Yes. Yes. I, I really enjoy how it layered uh, different, different uh, things into the rule book as you played throughout. Um, I was also a big fan of just kind of like, the new motivation of trying to unlock story bits as you ran down and risked your life <laughs> in that dungeon. Mm-hmm. And the dual-sided board was also a brilliant way of kind of adding more storytelling aspects. I have some really cool moments that I don't necessarily want to spoil for people if they haven't uh, uh, played uh, the game yet that I I remember fondly. And uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the way that my deck started kind of gaining its more own personality as we played throughout the game. Uh, I had always enjoyed Clank, but never owned my own personal copy. So I, I was really interested in kind of like figuring out which one was the best one. And people said, oh, you can play Legacy after the fact. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to run all the way through it and just keep it as my personal copy of Clank. Because I only feel I need one. I don't know if I need tons of different copies of <laughs> Clank in my home. Uh, so I'm really glad that that's the one I picked up. And it'll be a fun little memory piece between me and my friends now that it's completed. Yeah, we're fans of uh, Clank and Clank in Space, but haven't played the Legacy version. And I, I sometimes I think Will and I are both, uh, we're, we're, we get excited about Legacy games, but there's also usually a little bit of skepticism because we have had some negative experiences with mm-hmm. them as well. Does this, like, so it sounds like this does enough to... Uh, make it worth playing if you already enjoy the clank system it doesn't it doesn't wear out its welcome like you know playing playing clank that many times in a row personally no uh i really enjoyed clank and so did my group 
I know Lindsay, Lindsay had a little bit of a different experience. <laughs> so I'll let her to speak to that. Um, but yeah, for me, as an already fan of Clank, I thought it was a a good time uh, to continue uh, playing. We met um, over the course of three months, we completed the campaign and met like either every week or every other week um, to play one or two sessions. And it had a pretty good staying power. It didn't really feel like it was overstaying its welcome for us. Um, and also like it was kind of our first big thing um, to do on a consistent basis after kind of having all been boosted and kind of having more of a like a, uh, normal uh, game day setup. So I think that also added to the fun and the enjoyment of it for our group, particularly. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, Lindsay, what about, what, what was your different experience? So I came, it's interesting. Cause like I said, my group didn't know Clank and they didn't know um, we, and just to be clear, we had just finished playing pandemic legacy season one, which is, was an amazing, amazing experience. And I think, one of the things that happened is everyone in this group is really into D and D. Um, and obviously the acquisitions incorporated the whole thing. They're very, like they understand it and they love it. So the only thing that was new was clank. And I think the push their luck was a little tough after the cooperative um, or cooperative aspect of pandemic legacy. And by halfway through and the acquisition incorporated jokes, they were all amazing. The legacy components were really cool. Like I said, the mechanics were awesome. But what I found is halfway through, the group was just begging me to run them through a D&D adventure with the Acquisitions Incorporated book. Huh. Because <laughs> they were like, this is awesome. Let's just play D&D. Let's just play D&D with Acquisitions Incorporated. Let's just do that. And that'll be even cooler. Um, and so it was a bit of a push to get to the end. I, I would say my biggest criticism of the game would be that the story could have been more engaging. Um, I know it's a comedy. I know it's supposed to be really funny, but it could have been maybe a little bit more impactful. Mm. Um, but it just really inspired them to play the Acquisitions Incorporated module for <laughs> D and D, which I, I don't think a was in some sense. Yeah, I don't know if that was a success or not <laughs> what they were looking for. <laughs> Our game's so good, it'll make you want to play a different game. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not quite sure how to evaluate that, but I'm, we're all glad that we tried it. I don't think we will keep our version after after you know we finished it and everything. I find I find it interesting because you mentioned it seemed like the push your luck of deck building wasn't as big for them. Well, and the literal mm -hmm. push your luck, right? right and claim. Mm -hmm. with... But also in my head, I'm like, but D and D it's like, I'm good. I get a plus. Oh, that's a one. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> good point. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's different. I, I mean, the DM I mean, can obviously yeah. smudge it yeah. too, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, and, in, and in role playing games, everybody's encouraged to kind of, you know, stay alive and uh, be together and kind of have that cooperative experience. And in Clank, uh, you can you can die if you turn <laughs> like like yeah. in the game oh, and and, and then spend 20, 20, 30 minutes waiting for the game to be done. So I can understand I can understand why some people would not necessarily enjoy that experience uh especially if they're more on the side of like playing more cooperative tile games yeah it's yeah. a tough thing to maintain a legacy game and i think what you said about the story is interesting because i feel like that is for for me one of the more important aspects it depends on the kind of game it is i suppose but certainly one of the things that will immediately draw me into an ongoing game is a good story and it's also that's a tough thing to design for i think to 
to make a board game story compelling in the first place and then also make it make sense from right. chapter to chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's tough. So yeah. I don't and I I think I, I think I agree on some of the aspects that Lindsay had uh with the story because when I spoke to my group about because we're kind of like also like looking at some legacy games right now uh, as more analyzing them <laughs> just for our own personal growth. Um, and when I spoke to my group, like uh, kind of like after we had already done all of the campaign or all of the campaigns, I was just wondering like, Hey, what were the story moments that stuck out to you? And what were the, uh, how'd you feel about the overall uh, story? And it, there weren't that many that kind of stuck with the entire group. Um, there were definitely some that felt like highlight moments, but none that were kind of like a cohesive overview. And I just spoke to Lindsay not that long ago about how she felt about pandemic. And I felt like she felt had a very different overarching experience that affected everyone in a more cohesive way. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting stuff. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited for whatever future legacy games Rose Gauntlet has uh, coming down the pipeline. Uh, that's Clank Legacy. I've heard good things, and it sounds like mostly good things still from the two of you. Yeah, I, I would say if you enjoy Clank, you should try it. So yeah. it sounds, sounds like a reasonable outcome yeah uh so that's the games uh you guys been playing will and i also have played just a couple of small games that we may or may not have actually finished all the way through uh once again we return to galaxy trucker which we're we're playing the new edition from cge uh which just has just has you know a smaller box nicer components and um uh, they have a more streamlined play setup but essentially you can play it in the same way uh, as the original game. However, we have yet to do that <laughs> with this copy <laughs> because every time we bring it out, we're teaching someone or someone else shows up or it, it's it, we have to do something else and we stop. So we have yet to do more than, I think, just one round. You're, you know, in a full oh, Galaxy wow. Trucker, you're supposed to do the three missions. <laughs> uh, we've done, uh, you know, the different levels, but not all in one game. For anyone who's listening who doesn't know, Galaxy Trucker is a a game where first you're all in real time grabbing tiles and building a ship together or not together at the same time, but your own separate ships. And then you're drawing cards and finding out what crazy things happen to you. And hopefully you built your ship well enough to uh, avoid them or prevent damage to yourself and get the most money. And it's a game that I've, I've loved every experience we've had with it, but yeah, it's, I'm a little frustrated that it's, we keep getting cut short. I think part of it honestly is the fact that, I feel like in this new version, they set it up for you saying like you can play a shorter game or if you really want, you can go all in. It's not like established as kind of the standard method. And I think having that mindset up front and like talking to people about it that way maybe makes them go, oh, like so we can stop and do something else. It, I, it should. I want to force them to sit at the table. I need to change my <laughs> approach when I uh, teach this game to people. Uh, but Will, I think you also have similar frustrations. <laughs> well, the problem is it's, for better or for worse, it's a very random game. And especially sure. the first time you know when you're not really sure how to build up your ship and stuff. The first time I played, uh, I got a lot knocked out of me. I was knocked out and what annoyed me more wasn't because that happened. 
it was more of that we stopped early <laughs> that time too. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I know what to do now. Right. So right. this time when I got to build my ship and I made it to the end, I'm like, I made a $1 profit. <laughs> All said and done. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple people get wiped out uh, this this round. Uh, but it's based on your reactions, Isaac, it sounds like you are a, a Galaxy Trucker fan. So I played quite a bit of Galaxy Trucker in the first few years of my career. I feel like it was a game that kind of came up every uh, two or three game days, like it would be on the table. And I did enjoy Galaxy Trucker quite a bit. Um, but as the years went on, it was kind of one of those games that are like, oh, I'll rather play something else. And I think the reason is, is because I just know I'm not very good at speed element games. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's I a big need, part of it. <laughs> I need a little bit of time <laughs> to understand how I'm going to build something. And I really enjoy building things. So if it's not perfect, I get upset. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yet not to be the last person. <laughs> right, right. So I want to, I want to be able to build something that's really cool and, and hopefully last through the horrible <laughs> space trip that's going to go through. And I've had certainly some games that have went really well in my favor that way, um, which is always the ones that feel the most satisfying. But I totally hear you uh, there when when you don't just like you don't have everything work out. It doesn't quite quite have the same shine as it does when you're able to kind of make something that you're kind of proud of and is interesting. And for all the perfectionists like that out there for me, like what else happened in this game, which is also even more annoying. It's like, you know, you're, you're waiting for that one laser that just has an right. attachment to the back. <laughs> and once the game started, you look and someone flipped that over. It was right in the center of the pie. And you're like, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think at its best, the feeling I get from galaxy trucker is like, being a kid with a box of Legos and just grabbing parts and seeing yeah. what goes on your ship. They need to do that. There <laughs> needs to be the, the Galaxy Trucker Lego crossover. Submitted to the uh, Lego ideas or whatever. That's amazing. I know I, when uh, someone taught me about how to play like, like uh, Galaxy Trucker, I was like, what's the point of the game? And he's like, oh, you watch your ship get destroyed. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. That is a great way to frame it. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it would be a fantastic uh app game <laughs> like mm. you just you just see how far you can keep going with your straggling ship in space yeah. um it would be really interesting i have that app uh, oh really oh. yeah i forgot there like i had a bunch of like google dollar apps i was like all right what board games apps are there and i downloaded a bunch of that well there you go it exists i wonder if it's any good <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's Galaxy oh, yeah. Trucker. Uh, uh, another game we played that does have a digital version of it. We played uh, some more Let's Play Oink games. This is a collection on the Nintendo Switch of these small card games from Oink games. They're uh, Japanese in origin. Uh, stuff like Fake Artist Goes to New York, which is one of the ones we played. And we also played, they have a new one they just updated in the collection, which is um, Face something? Face faceless faceful face off i don't know it's about faces and so these are card games that exist but they are implemented digitally here not in a way of like uh some other digital adaptations like a gloomhaven or something these really keep the look and feel of an actual card game you're seeing kind of the pieces and cards very much mimics the gameplay you would have on a table but you're looking at it on a tv screen and uh, Will talked about this a little bit before. This was my first time getting to play it and also with a larger group. We had like seven players and some of these games are, you know, they're party games. And it was an interesting experience. I enjoyed some of the aspects of the game. I thought they were uh, pretty fun. There are a couple things that confuse me. Namely, 
there's a couple segments in these games or parts of the games where players have to, for example, uh, vote uh, on something. So like they have to vote who they think is the fake artist in the fake artist game. One player doesn't know what everyone's drawing. It's a wacky party drawing game. And I don't know how it works in the physical version, but in the digital version, everyone goes one at a time and your controller vibrates. And now it's your turn to vote. And then the next person votes. And when you have seven players, I feel like you could speed that along by just giving everyone a cursor and just letting them click on who they want to vote for. Uh, Same thing with the face game, which is sort of a kind of a Dixit style uh, game where everyone's guessing what the person was making a face based on. And instead of just letting everybody at once pick the option they choose, you, you go one at a time, which I thought, you know, if you're doing a digital version, like, isn't that the advantage of it that you can speed stuff up like that right uh, it's kind of strange but I, will was this your first time playing this with this big of a group too yeah i mostly played the smaller ones the ones that could not fit our player count and ideally i really like this for something like the oink game series or other games out there you know i think another one comes to mind is the epic series you know where they have like 20 titles oh the tiny epic yeah tiny epic where like the idea of having a digital collection where you can go there for all of them. Yeah. Uh, right now, there isn't that many for the Oink games, but there are more. I like that idea. The thing is, for this too, I find it like, and this is one of those things like, I don't know if it's wrong for me to make this assumption, but I, I like Jackbox games, which just assumes people have access to a phone right. or a laptop to use in addition. Like that could help out a lot of these things in terms of just knowing like hidden information, like hands and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the fake artist. So one player is the fake artist and in the real game. I assume everyone just gets a card and one player doesn't have any information on the back and they hide that. But in this version, the game just tells everybody to close their eyes and one at a time, each player must open their eyes to look at the screen and then close their eyes again. And I'm like, I, yeah, I guess how else would you do that in a game like this? I, but it's, it's not exactly elegant. Uh, to I do can't it imagine way. what could possibly go wrong with that system. <laughs> yeah, right. No squinting everybody. Uh, so a little weird, but you know, uh, I, I don't know how much, do you remember how much this game is? Probably like 20 bucks or something on switch. I cannot remember because I got it a while ago. Um, <laughs> well, that long ago. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I doubt it's a very high price. So it's 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 cute. I think it would probably still be maybe worth checking out if you're a fan of card games and party games in general. I mean, I'll say the smaller ones have been great single player. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. All right. So that's the stuff we've been playing before we end the show. I am excited because I'm going to force all of you once again to play a board game game. Yes, we are playing a board game game this week, and the the board game that we game that we're playing is one that's returning from a while ago. It's called Board Game Blend. I will explain mm-hmm. the rules to you as follows. Uh, what I have done is imagined a series of hypothetical board games, and each board game is a combination, a blending, if you will, of two other different board games and i'm going to be reading you a short two or three sentence description of what that game is and your job is to try to determine what two games uh are going into this 
final game. Uh, helping oh you along gosh. a little bit is that <laughs> one clue you have, you got a clue, don't worry, is that the both games will share one word in the title. So, for example, uh, one of one of the clues might be about a game in which you're trading wheat and brick, but you're also trying to raise each other's buildings to the ground. And that game would be Imperial Settlers of Catan. Okay. So there is going to be a link between these two titles, kind of like Wheel of Fortune, uh, whatever they call that part of Wheel of Fortune, if, if anyone's yeah, the, familiar the with that. Two phrases or something. Yes. So that's how it's going to work. I am. So I'm going to read a clue and uh, everybody, you know, you can compete for points if you uh, if you're the first person to call it out. But no rules here, because usually these things are uh, usually I end up making these and there's just a lot of dead air while everyone tries to think about <laughs> it. <laughs> we, um, we, it really just becomes a one V all game. Yes, it really becomes <laughs> all of you probably teaming up against me. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe maybe uh, our guests will will impress me this week with their with their board game knowledge. All right. So here is your first clue, your first description. And then at that point, I think everyone will have a good handle on the game. Okay. Number one, red alert. Your ship is being overrun by aliens and zombies. Without a team leader, you'll have to find solutions by working together, hopefully. Your ship is being, I, I, yes. I, I think I know one of the games, but then I don't know what can match with it. Yeah, I think it's, I think one of the games is going to be, uh, what's the submarine game? <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it's called. Captain Sonar? <laughs> Captain Sonar. So it's Captain Sonar and something else. The, it's, the, I think the other one is the captain is dead, but both of those start with captain. Usually it's. Uh, it's the AEG game. Maybe it's not called The Captain's Dead. Red alert. Your ship is being overrun by aliens and zombies. Without a team leader, you'll have to find solutions by working together. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, is it The Captain is Dead of Winter? Yes, it is The oh, Captain is Dead of case. Winter. <laughs> and how... I can't believe you got that before Isaac did, but it's okay. I'm sorry. Well, now... Yeah, now there's so many zombies. <laughs> <laughs> that that was supposed to be the gimme for you, but it's all right. It's all right. Now now you you, you get your head around how it works. That's, that's how it always goes. All right. Next clue. This it's another. We got more space coming up. The space war is in full effect, and everyone is trying to expand, exterminate, etc. Only problem is your backing company is low on funds, so you're going to have to build your own ship. <laughs> <laughs> so there should be uh, one of those you should be able to get pretty easily based I on think yeah. galaxy truckers one but yeah what, yeah uh, what's a forex that ends in galaxy uh the only I'll thing get... that keeps popping my head is race for the galaxy i do not think that's correct race for the galaxy trucker it is not oh, yeah. race for the galaxy <laughs> trucker but 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 that is definitely one of the ones i almost went with <laughs> <laughs> I almost, Twilight. I almost scored. Twilight Imperium. I'll give you uh, a, a hint. This uh, one, it... yes. Oh wait, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, my hint is this one involves a subtitle. <laughs> oh, it's like Eclipse race, like fight for the galaxy truckers. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it is. That that actually was a subtitle. I just pulled it. <laughs> the new edition of Eclipse, Eclipse Second Dawn for the Galaxy Trucker. 
That's right. <laughs> we all know that subtitle. We all love that subtitle. Uh, from of course, of course. Second edition. All right. Third clue. This open-ended game sees you as a crew of powerful mythological beings in an exotic world where it's up to you what you want to explore and also what species of giant lizards you want to populate the world with. So this one's a little uh, weird. This seems a bit uh, not rated well for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is this just Mass Effect? It's not, it's kind of. Yeah, it might be. It might be. Giant it's mythological a, beings. Open-ended game. Uh, you're a crew on a ship, but you're also mythological beings. Uh, and you're exploring. You can go anywhere you want. It's open-ended. Uh, but you're also uh, putting giant lizard, giant lizards around. So is sleeping it sleeping gods? gods something Libertalia <laughs> now with lizards. <laughs> That's close. Sleeping, wait, sleeping Godzilla. I love that one too. No, it's not it. I'll say this: the second game is not uh, the most. It's a it's a relatively recent game, but it's not. Um, I haven't heard that many people talking about it, so it's possible that we've forgotten about it as a as a community. <laughs> uh, any final guesses? I'm willing to give it up. I, I have lizards, no or maybe it's just because the creatures in Sleeping Gods. It's the You're, lizards uh, that are throwing me off here. Specifically, giant lizards, species of giant lizards. <sighs> Sleeping Gods of Jurassic Park exploration of Nebula. <laughs> giant lizards. I can't. Uh, King of Tokyo? No. Maybe that's where my man went. We'll first. see if it'll help um, if I tell you it's a Pandasaurus game. Uh, <laughs> Is it Sleeping Gods Dinosaur Island? Not Sleeping Gods Dinosaur Island. Sleeping. It's wait, Sleeping Gods of Dinosaur World? No, it's not one of those. Oh, Sleeping God Loves Dinosaurs. Sleeping Gods Love Dinosaurs. Oh, that makes way more sense. Yes, of course. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. So so there you go. Oh, man, Will's killing it so far. It's, it's a good thing this isn't competitive. Uh, all right, so that was round one. Round two gets harder. It gets harder? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, here we go. Next clue. This is a deck building game in which you'll need to guide your tribe to success from a period of ancient history to eventually learning magic to defend your city and defeat terrible enemies. So it is a deck building Ooh. game. You have a you have an ancient historic tribe that you must guide, but uh, they'll eventually learn magic and defend their city. Very very important city. Oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking. So I, I'm trying to I think, think of something with the island sh- in it. I'm pretty sure I have oh, half of it. I'm just trying to think of the other half. Well, what's the first half? <laughs> is it? Is it? Oh, no, five, five tribes, rise of tribes. It is not either of those games, unfortunately. Oh, okay. uh, I was thinking Spirit Island somehow. No Spirit Island either. Different. Okay. It's a deck uh. builder. Both games in this clue are actually deck builders. Okay. One I would say is I think more of a deck builder than the other. (laughs) More of a focus on deck building. Mm -hmm. 
is there is Lost Ruins of Arnak one of them? That's a it is not. It is not. I actually tried that. There's no game that ends in the word lost. So <laughs> did you look up games that start with Arnak? <laughs> oh, good, good point. Good point. I should have done that. Uh, the first, oh my gosh. The first one of these games, uh, we were talking about Clank Legacy. This one also has a legacy edition. That should give you a pretty big hint. Machikor? Oh, uh, <laughs> Aeon's End, because you defend Gravehold. So it's got to be... Does something end in Aeon or start with End? Deck building game, you'll need to guide your tribe from a period of ancient history before learning magic. I'm going to be really annoyed because I like tech building. So this is going to. Uh, in fairness uh, to you, Will, I don't think you've played this one. Oh, <laughs> so. well, that makes me a little better. All right. Shall of I course. give it away? Yes, please. Say, please put us out of our suffering. <laughs> the answer is Eon's Endless Winter Paleo Americans. Endless see how it's, Winter. See how it's getting a little trickier? Oh. A little trickier this time. There's a There's a blending of the words. All right. Don't worry. I feel good about, about these, these last two. I think you're going to get them. Here's a good one. Whether above the water or below it, in this game, you'll be exploring the oceans, finding treasure and adventure over a series of campaign missions. Just don't communicate any of your cards to your teammates. Well, I know one of them. Yeah. Whether above the water or below it. Explore the oceans. Series of campaign missions. But just don't communicate any of your cards to your teammates. In fact, this one might also be a legacy title. <laughs> yes, this is what uh, I wait. love. I live for the uh, silence. Uh, you said legacy? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. The problem is I got to remember the subtitle. <laughs> oh, God. Um, got another all right. subtitle. I, I know I'm not right on the subtitle, and you can yell at me, but the cruise Seafall. Anyone? Anyone have a have a have an assist for Will? <laughs> <laughs> the crew mission deep sea fall. Yep. Uh, oh, was that right? Yeah. That was, was right. Like, if it's not the crew mission deep sea or sea fall, I have no idea. No, uh, <laughs> there's 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 space crew and there's water crew. Yeah. yeah, that's how I know them. Yeah, that's right. All right. One more. You have a chance to redeem yourselves. Uh, this is this is an easy one. Rustle up some cattle from Texas to Kansas City. And while you're at it, see some of America's scenic walking routes. Great Western Trails. Nailed it in one. Yeah, I knew well done, you could well do it. Finally, I had some. <laughs> Great Western Trails. Not ahead. Uh, th thanks to both of you for uh, enduring this game <laughs> that I inflicted upon you. <laughs> I always enjoy torturing our guests before they leave with one of these. Uh, you've been great sports uh, and very fun to talk to and I loved having you on and chatting about all these different subjects of course you earn some experience points as being part of this show nice. and you get to spend them right now by telling everyone listening how and where they can follow you and your upcoming projects go for it take it away Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, you guys can go ahead and follow us on all our social media platforms at Rose Gauntlet. Our website is rosegauntlet.com. I am Isaac on Earth on all my social media. Lindsay, do you want to go ahead and share yours? Yep. I am Raccoon Road on all social media. 
or you can Google Lindsay Road. Um, we also have a Twitch stream every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this week, we will be talking about our favorite indie RPGs. And I've created a list of the craziest ones that I know about. And Isaac will be reacting in real time as I try to explain how they play this game and what happens. <laughs> oh, that sounds fantastic. I, I'm, I'm very curious if I have played any of the ones you're going to talk about or if they're all really weird and obscure. <laughs> I tried my hardest to find ones that would just be way out there. <laughs> I'm very excited to hear about them. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out. We will have links to that and everything else you guys mentioned in the show notes so people can follow you. Obviously, uh, look forward to uh, the Acorn launch and hopefully Keystone North America launching sometime later this year. Will that be at retail or is it more of a right now just for backers? Um, a little bit of both. <laughs> okay, so so stay tuned and cross your fingers, I think. Uh, but thanks again to both of you. It's been a lot of fun. I really love uh, the, the works that you've put out, the designs that we've played, and looking forward to more Rose Gauntlet stuff because I think it's a very promising start from what I've seen. Thank you guys so much for having us. We really oh, appreciate thank it. You. Yeah, this yeah. was a blast. I am glad. Now, if listeners want more Roll for Crit, of course, go to rollforcrit.com. You'll find links to our YouTube content, our live streams. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon if you'd like, patreon.com slash rollforcrit. Or email us if you've got a question or a comment. We'll read it on the show. You can send it to the address meeplegallery at gmail.com. Become part of the Meeple Gallery. Otherwise, I think that's about it. As I said, of course, we'll plug our, our streams so you can check our social media for that schedule. But... Uh, Will, anything else we need to mention before we go? No, I think we're good for now. Great. We got to like, get people to get back to their games. Yes, we'll let you get back <laughs> to your games, everyone. Uh, have a great rest, rest of your weeks. And thanks again to Lindsay and Isaac for joining us. Uh, my name is Jonathan. I'm Will. And this has been Roll for Crit.